the latest in agricultural media, and some smart conversation. This is the Ag Communicators Network podcast, and here's your host, Kelsey Litchfield. Welcome to episode seven of the AgCom Network podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Litchfield from the University of Illinois College of Aces campus, and you can hear the chimes maybe behind me um, striking the top of the hour. So I'm so excited for our topic today. Um, We will be discussing how to create a live video stream, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or even YouTube has a live component. And I have a great guest to tell us all about live streams. A big a big welcome to Tim Hammerich of AgGrad. Welcome, Tim, to the AgCom Network podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kelsey. Appreciate it. It's, uh, it's fun to be on this side of the broadcast. <laughs> yes, we were just talking before we went live that um, me as a host, I have a lot of controls on my side. And then Tim also hosts a live stream and he's talking about how different it is to be on the other side of it. So I think we'll have a lot of fun today. And I know I've been kind of previewing this. You have a special announcement that you'll be sharing us with, with us today, but that'll be Towards the later end of the podcast, we have some things I want to talk about first. So, Tim, first tell us a little bit about yourself and a brief summarization of what you do at AgGrad. Sure. Uh, My name is Tim Hammerich. I have a company called AgGrad that specializes in providing career resources for young professionals and uh, recruitment for agribusinesses. And so uh, we do a lot of, uh, like you said, live streams. We do PDFs, uh, eBooks. Uh, social media, blogs, podcasts, YouTube, the the whole bit to try to provide resources for early career professionals in agriculture. And then uh, the way we kind of sustain ourselves is through recruitment services uh, for agribusinesses. But I I have been based in Austin, Texas. I'm a little bit uh, transition. I have been based in Austin, but now uh, we're moving to Boise, Idaho. So I'm currently in Wyoming and uh, getting ready to, to make that transition. Well, that's the great thing about live stream is you can do it from almost anywhere as long as you have a good Wi-Fi connection, a webcam, and a lot of computers sometimes are, I know that you have maybe some Apple headphones on that have a built-in microphone. Those are all good options that you can do it from anywhere. And as long as you're kind of in a quiet environment so that people can hear you too. So that's great. Let's jump in right into our topic today. Um, you created a live stream called AgGrad Nation. First, I want you to explain why did you decide to do a live stream on Facebook? Yeah, we noticed uh, a lot of our core demographic, our core audience was active on Facebook. And uh, what I'm sure a lot of uh, folks paying attention to this know already is these platforms are really incentivizing you to create content on the platform. So they don't really want you just constantly linking away, linking to your website, linking to other platforms, uh, linking to YouTube. They really want to incentivize you to create content, whether that's writing a long form post on Facebook, doing a live broadcast um, or or just tweeting. But uh, the links can really hurt the reach you get. And so we were uh, already brainstorming ways that we could kind of create native content that kept people on the platform, but still allowed us to provide value to our audience. And uh, live video, although it was scary, uh, I, I definitely have a face for radio. I uh, decided that that was really the way to go for us to engage directly with our audience, but also to bring value in a way that uh, the platforms were going to look at favorably. 
to me, live streaming can and it still is relatively new. I mean, it's been a while. It's been around for a little bit, but it's it can still be a new concept for many people because, like you said, it is a little scary. And we'll talk about the anxiety and maybe that comes around going live a little bit later. But how did you specifically get the idea for the show that you wanted to do besides just interacting with your audience? Yeah, it was, it came from knowing that we needed to bring some sort of value that, that, you know, most people are not going to set their calendar and tune in for a live broadcast unless they know how it's going to help them. Uh, and, and what we have found at AgGrad is that success stories, um, people who are relatable uh, for other young professionals, but have overcome some sort of challenges or obstacles and kind of found success do, do really well. And so we decided that we would profile those. And also the, the first couple of live streams I did, I did just me alone. And uh, I guess you said, we'll get into the anxiety part, but trying to go at it alone and, and just push that go live button is a little bit nerve wracking. But if you can set uh, an appointment for that live broadcast and have a guest and be committed to them. It's a lot easier just to kind of carry on a conversation uh, rather than uh, try to just solo lecture. Yes, that's very, that's really good to walk into kind of our next question. So briefly walk us through how you set up a live stream. Um, do you stream directly on Facebook or do you use some kind of software, which I already know the answer to this, but I kind of want you to explain it to our viewers. Yeah, we use the same software, which is called BeLive.TV. Uh, the reason for that is when I when I started uh, doing AgGrad Live, um, the face, Facebook did not offer a way to conduct a remote interview, um, and, and I'm actually not even sure if they do now or not. So that was what initially drew me to BeLive, uh, because I could do a remote interview. In fact, as you mentioned earlier, you have controls, so it almost feels like a TV production studio because you can. Uh, do different vantage points. You can uh, have the guest be solo. You, the host can be solo. You can split screen, uh, and, and you can share. A, you can share your own screen as well. And so there's just a lot of extra tools that BeLive offers. It's pretty affordable um, from a software as a service price point, and uh, it, it just kind of met my needs. And after trying to go at it alone on broadcast and then do interviews, uh, I also have an, another podcast separate from AgGrad called Future of Agriculture. So I, I was just really, really comfortable in an interview format. Um, and then it's, it's kind of cool. Like you're using the, the mm -hmm. captions at the bottom of the screen. Uh, you can put people's comments up on the screen, which is really cool too. So those types of features uh, drew me to BeLive. I think there's other setups that, that do similar things, but uh, BeLive was just so user-friendly mm -hmm. for me. I stuck with it. Mm -hmm. And when I came to you with the idea of doing the live stream for the AgCom Network podcast, I'm like, what do you use? Because you can stream directly right onto Facebook, but um, it always looks kind of neater and more professional. If you have those lower third captions or if you have some kind of branding, I think that helps draw people in. And in this world of social media, you have all this noise and chatter and you need to do everything in your power to grab the audience's attention for that. Absolutely. And also you want to make the guest feel comfortable too. And BeLivers set it up to where as long as you can give some instructions, usually it's pretty easy for the guest to get to get on. And speaking of guests, how do you go about um, finding and booking guests for your live stream? Uh, like I said, we, we focus on sort of success stories that are relatable. Okay. So typically right. somebody who is, um, you know, earlier in their career, 
has had some success and, and has uh, kind of a unique vantage point. For example, the one we did was with a couple, they, they're newly, she's newly graduated from veterinary school. He has worked ever since undergrad mm -hmm. and uh, they got married and they're kind of starting their career together. So we talked about things like balancing dual careers. How do you manage that in, in terms of like the job search process? Like, cause you can only look at jobs in certain areas based on where your spouse is going to work and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So uh, we just kind of talked about navigating that terrain. That's a unique vantage point, but I think one that's very relatable for our audience. And our audience tends to be people either right before graduation to maybe five years into their mm -hmm. career is sort of our sweet spot. Do you crowdsource your guests? Do you like go on to like social media and be like, hey, I, I have this idea for a live stream and I don't know who to contact? Or do you just find people that you know? Or how do you go about doing that? Yeah, I did that once uh, in January. I said, look, we're, we're dedicating uh, every week we're going to do a live broadcast. So I'm looking for guests. And I, I tweeted that out and um, I had a lot of reception. In fact, I think I, I booked guests all the way through April from that one tweet in January. Um, so that's good. And that's helpful because not everybody does want to be on a live broadcast. Uh, what you need to be careful of is, is you want to put the audience first, right? And so you want to make sure that the value you're bringing them is, is not re not repetitive, not the same sort of perspective week in, week out, and that you can really bring them value every single week. And so I'm, I'm hesitant to do, to take that approach of just like open it up for whoever wants to be a guest. Um, in that case, I did and it worked out, so I lucked out. But I, I think from now on, I'll, I'll probably just kind of uh, start with the topic and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm looking for somebody to talk about balancing dual careers. Who do you know that's you know, earlier in their career, they're both driven young professionals and, and you know, married. And, and so mm -hmm. I'll start with the topic and then find a guess that maybe fits that topic. Mm -hmm. And I think in a world such as agriculture, um, it's such a big network that you can always find someone that can speak to that topic of interest as an expert. Um, one of the other things I wanted to quickly talk about is I get questions of how often do I live stream? So for us, the AgCom Network podcast, we try to do once to two times a month, but it's it, there's a lot of factors that go into making that decision. So what would you tell someone if they asked you, I don't know how often to do a live stream? Sure, yeah, I mean, kind of the, um, the sidestepping answer to that a little bit is, is however much you can bring additional value. Mm -hmm. So if, if you can bring new value that's not redundant and, and repetitive every single week, have at it every single week. I tend to go a little bit seasonally. So um, because our audience, some of our audience is in college and because we're in agriculture and the summer is so busy, I'll do kind of a fall, I'll do every week, spring, I'll do every week. And then the summer will kind of do as, as available. But, uh, but yeah, I really think you need to think first about, okay, what is the transformation that my audience wants that I want to help them with? Meaning, you know, what are they looking for? And, and how can I give that to them in the most efficient way possible? And maybe that's every week, maybe that's once a month, um, maybe it's every day, depending on, you know, what you're doing. Um, it, it just kind of depends, but I, okay. I think you need to put the audience first and the value first, and then the frequency and the guests will kind of follow. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, every business, every person is different. Um, so I think you answered that perfectly. 
one of the things we were talking about earlier was live television and how live streaming can be like live television because it's intimidating. You have no do-overs, no editing. It's just what you see is what you get. <laughs> so how do you overcome any anxiety that comes along with doing a live stream, whether it be you or whether it's trying to find a guest that's willing to go live? Yeah, I think first and foremost, uh, that's one reason I love the interview format for live is because it's it's very easy for me in my head and then also to convey this to the guests that, hey, look, it's just you and I having a conversation. If people want to join in live, great. If they want to watch after the broadcast, great. But it's just you and I, you know, having a conversation. And I think that helps uh, the mentality of, of kind of getting over the, the fear of being live. Uh, the other thing is, you know, if you're going to host a live show, it's your responsibility to make that guest comfortable. So leading up to it, providing plenty of instructions of exactly how things will happen, um, making sure that they know the procedure to, to getting on, uh, making sure that you hop on there early with them to, to get them comfortable. Uh, all the things that you did uh, here for me and, and do for other guests are, are really, really important because uh, you're kind of taking the lead and allowing them to be presented in their best light without having to uh, do something that's totally uncomfortable for them. Right. And I will say our first episode of the AgCom Network podcast, Holly Spangler and I were on and probably five minutes before the live stream, I was freaking out. Like I go, what if something happens? What if because you're relying on technology, you're relying on Wi-Fi. It's all these things are kind of out of your control, but you can do everything you can to prepare for. But like you said, you have to get comfortable with it. Now we are into our seventh episode and it's getting a little easier. There's still some anxiety that comes with it, but like you were getting at practice with it. Um, sometimes you can do test runs as well to do a live stream or just do a small one, maybe on your personal Facebook page, something that gets you accustomed to what you're doing. And then once you hit go live and hit go broadcast, then I'd say two minutes in, then you kind of get comfortable with it. And gradually you can bring on guests and things like that. But I would hint to also start small and then gradually get bigger because it, it can be a learning curve, but it's a fun learning curve to do live streams. Yeah. And I think one, one thing just to mention for anything like live streaming that can be um, a little bit scary is is to really think through in detail what's the worst that could happen and usually it's not that bad and we talk about this with our with our kind of young professional community like you know hey you, you're nervous about this job that you're up for it or you're good enough but like let's think through this you know what's the worst that can happen and usually you know in this case it's uh, all right we have technical issues or you know something happens and we had to we have to cancel the broadcast and mm -hmm. is that if that's the worst that can happen is it worth going for it yeah, I'd say it's probably worth mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And people understand. They understand how technology is these days. I like to tell people, I have a love-hate relationship with technology. I love it when it works and I hate it when it doesn't. So yeah. you just got to prepare as much as you can. And I know some people might be watching. We had a lot of problems with our last um, AgCom Network podcast live stream. But we did what we could do with it, and we still delivered some kind of podcast. So there's always a way around it. Tim, real quick, I do have one question from the audience. Ellie asks, do you script your live streams? So do you provide questions to the guests before the broadcast, or how do you go about doing that? I do provide questions. Um, you, I Actually, so this, this is a really good question. On my podcast... Uh, which is not recorded live, I do not provide questions. I provide kind of a direction I hope to go with the interview because I want it to sort of take its, you know, run its natural course a little bit. Uh, on the lives, I actually do 
provide questions because I want to make sure that the guest is at ease and that they're comfortable knowing that I'm not there to throw them any curveballs and they can just feel prepared. I think it, it allows them to be more natural on the show. Mm -hmm. Good question, Ellie. Thank you. Right. I agree. I tr That's another part of making your guests comfortable is what they can expect, especially if they've never, ever done a live stream before. So you want to do everything in your power that you can make them to be comfortable. So kind of switching over, how do you build an audience following for the live stream? Do you have any tips or tricks trying to market the live stream? Okay. Yeah. So a couple things you can do, obviously Facebook is one of the best platforms out there for targeting an audience that you think it's going to resonate with. And so, um, after you record a live stream and actually even before I get into that, um, I would not worry about how many people are watching live. Mm -hmm. The reason is I know for a fact, some people are concerned that, Oh no, what if I'm watching live and they know I'm there? What if they call me out? And it's a little bit un uneasy, just, just to view a live stream. And so what happens with ad grad, and I'm sure you're seeing this too, is right after we go live, we see a big jump in views because people know that it was live. They want to see the content, but they didn't, they weren't wanting to hop on live for whatever reason, which is fine. Um, so I, I think, uh, once you're recorded live, the metric that I use is views. You can look at how many views you're getting and make sure that you're kind of trending in the right direction. But then also you can utilize the, the paid Facebook uh, tools to boost the post or you know uh, turn that video into some sort of ad to a targeted audience. But I, I do wanna you know, mention that my perspective on, on audience has really, has really changed um, to, to be one more of engagement. And I, I think especially when you're starting something new, be it a podcast, a live broadcast, a blog, if you've got a small number of super engaged people that are telling you, hey, look, this is really helpful, mm -hmm. all you're missing then is consistency and longevity. Just keep going. Mm -hmm. So um, trying to growth hack your way from you know, uh, 10 people watching your live stream to 100 people watching your live stream at any cost is probably not the right approach. The right approach is to find out, okay, what's resonating with those 10 people that are really into it? And how can I double down on that and, and provide the consistency and longevity to actually grow this audience? And uh, to me, you know, I, I, I don't ever want to distract from the core fundamental that if your content is resonating with some, somebody, you're just missing the consistency and longevity. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, some of these other tools are kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes a while to build something up and to let people know that you're there. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of noise um, in the social media world. So you just have to keep grinding, keep being consistent in what you're doing and provide valuable information. Then eventually those 10 followers will eventually tell other people and it'll eventually grow. But don't give up on it. Um, just keep doing that and keep providing information. So I think that was a great little tidbit that when we go to the show notes, I'm definitely going to highlight that as much as I can. So another question, right? Before, we'll get to the special announcement here pretty soon. But one of the concluding questions I have is people don't know what to talk about on a live stream. They're like, I can't talk for 20 minutes on a live stream. Well, Conveniently, you can have a guest and interview them. The interview format like we do, that makes it a little bit easier. But do you have any tips or advice for how someone or maybe a business can decide on what to talk about on a live stream? Yeah, I think this is definitely when you want to crowdsource. You mentioned kind of crowdsourcing guests earlier. I think you definitely want to crowdsource topics. And so um, I, I think Twitter is a great place for this um, to, to ask what questions people have. A, a, a few months ago, I asked about you know, um, about soil health, what questions people had about soil health. And that uh, actually turned into 
um, uh, a lot of content that, that's going to be rolled out here very soon. So I, I think um, you want to crowdsource that information. Don't assume you know what people need or want um, and really just get it straight from the source. Also, Facebook groups are a great place for this too. Mm -hmm. We have a, a very engaged um, AgGrad Nation Facebook group uh, that provides a lot of the direction for where our content needs to go because we've created a comfortable format where they can ask any question they want, career-related or uh, professionally related, and they, they ask pretty often, and that gives me a lot of direction on where to go of, of how I can be helpful. I will certainly put a little plug into that um, group, AgGrad Nation. They are a fabulous group, and it's great to meet people virtually. And then you never know, you might meet them out in the real world. So I'm glad you mentioned that group as well. So speaking of AgGrad, you have a special announcement that you'd like to share that I'm sure maybe our audience has been waiting on a little bit. So what exciting news, Tim, do you have to share? Yeah, I'll give you a little background. So uh, AgGrad is not quite three years old yet. We're just uh, like two and a half years old. So we're, we're real young. And through that time, we have started to try to find our place. And, and it's always been about career resources for young professionals. That hasn't changed. I don't anticipate that will change ever. Uh, but we tried to figure out like where, where can we help add a lot of value? And, and we've really kind of found ourselves in this place where uh, sharing of success stories has been most effective for, for our, our audience of what does it take to be successful in this industry? How do I get started? Where is my place in terms of career, in terms of employer? What am, what am I looking for? Mm -hmm. And so the culmination of all that is we are focusing our marketing efforts starting. Uh, we'll, we'll launch this next week and, and indefinitely. Our marketing efforts will be focused on one program, which is called AgGrad 30 Under 30. So we will be taking nominations for 30 individuals that are making contributions to the ag industry through career advancement, through just general contributions to industry and through engagement in their community and um, selecting 30 people every year and all of our content. So the, the live broadcasts that we do, uh, blogs, social media, podcasts, everything will be geared towards highlighting the work these 30 individuals are doing to try to inspire people to uh, to rise to the occasion in their own their own situation and their own job. Um, so that what that will look like is we will be selecting these 30 individuals. They'll be in five different categories, which I'm going to try to remember off the top of my head here. We're new. Uh, they are agribusiness, production, agriculture, research and technology, uh, education and advocacy and uh, entrepreneurship. So those those are the five categories. Um, we will select 30 total individuals across those five categories. Um, we will be producing both a digital magazine and a, and a print publication with those 30 individuals. And I'm really excited for it. I think it's a, it's a great spot for AgGrad. It's a need in the industry because mm -hmm. as we talk to young professionals, they, first of all, they don't know what opportunities are available to them, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, second of all, they don't really know what the path looks like to, to achieving any sort of measurable success. And so being able to bring uh, light to those stories in this way is, is really exciting for us. Oh, I'm so excited to see this list. Can you, I just want it now. <laughs> the, the nominations will start, we'll open those next week. You can go to 30under30.ag and you can find a nomination form and you can nominate whoever you'd like that you think meets this criteria. They're going to be open all the way through uh, January and then we'll be selecting the 30 after that. So uh, it'd be a ways before we get to the list, but really would encourage everyone, whether you're, you're under 30 or over 30 to nominate somebody that you think should be on that list.
I think that is going to be such so valuable to this industry, especially maybe for someone like me who's 23. I'm still looking what possibilities that I have in the career. And um, that kind of leads into my next question is you can never stop learning about something, whether it's a new career or learning um, a new skill or something like that. And definitely that list will help broaden people's horizons of what they can do in agriculture. The one theme of this podcast is that you should never stop learning. So Tim, what resources do you use to keep learning in your own career? Oh, wow. Um, so many. So I've become a bit of a of a YouTube junkie here lately. I, I learn a lot via YouTube. Um, there, you know, specifically in the communications category, marketing communications category, uh, you know, following people that are active on, on YouTube, everyone from, you know, Pat Flynn to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk to mm-hmm. Casey Neistat and just understanding uh, story and narrative and connecting with an audience and building community. Uh, those are people that that I follow pretty closely. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy, I, I have felt lately, really this whole summer, especially that uh, so much, of, too much of my attention has gone towards short uh, short form content. So too mm-hmm. much time. And, and, um, and so I needed to really spend some time in some more long form content. So read a couple really good books just in the last month, uh, for any small business, uh, owner, uh, one is called traction, uh, by Gina Wickman. And then the other is called, uh, measure what matters by John Doerr. So those, those have been, uh, huge resources for me lately. And then, uh, and of course audible. So if I'm, if I'm flying, I'm usually got my earbuds in listening to a book on Audible. For all of you ag nerds out there, really, really good book that I, I've been listening to on Audible. I'm not quite finished yet. It's called The Wizard and the Prophet. Uh, and it, it's about uh, Norman Borlaug and ooh, I'm going to mess up his name. I think it's William Vogt, um, who who was central in, in sort of the environmental movement and talking about the two different approaches to the same thing, which is long-term uh, sustainability. And so really, really interesting book there. I highly encourage that for, for the ag nerds out there. Awesome. I love hearing people's responses to how they always keep learning because they always have an answer. They realize how important it is to keep on learning. And for myself, I'm constantly learning, listening to podcasts during the day. Um, I was a book nerd when I was little. And then when I hit high school and college, I was being forced to read. So I didn't read it so much back then. But now I've kind of hopped back on the train with these personal growth books to help me keep learning and keep being a better version of myself and a better ad communicator. So thank you for sharing those resources. And I'll be sure to look at them next time I'm at, I'm at Barnes and Noble, which has turned into a frequent trip <laughs> for me. So Tim, how can people get in touch with you? Do you have social media handles that you would like to share? Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm most active on Twitter, where it's just my name at Tim Hammerich or on LinkedIn. Happy to connect um, oh. with you there too. So th- those are the platforms where, I, where I'm most active. Uh, would be happy to to connect and chat further about any of these topics with with anyone in your in your audience. Yes, thank you so much, Tim, for joining us today, talking about live stream. We just brushed on this subject, and I know there's so many resources out there. If you're looking to start a live stream, um, you can contact Tim to get more information from me. You're always welcome to contact the AAEA Facebook page, and I'd be able to connect with you through there. And I hope people start realizing the value of live streaming and getting over the hump of maybe technology and giving that valuable input and knowledge to other people and sharing it with the social media world. So Tim, is there anything else that you would like to add before we log off? Uh, just thank you very much for giving me the chance to be to be on your show. It's been an honor and I uh, love being on this side of the mic. You've done a great job, Kelsey. <laughs>
Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing your knowledge so we could start this pod or this live stream on AAEA. So thank you to everyone that viewed today. I think we got a lot of great viewers and hopefully you got a lot of great information from this live stream. Again, I'm Kelsey Litchfield and I hope all of you have a great day. This has been an Ag Communicators Network podcast. Thanks for listening. And please visit us online at agcomnetwork.com for more great content.